Big Fluff. When I was young, my brother always used to say, every man has to have a code. Mine, precision. The team is nothing but pieces you switch out until you get the job done. It's efficient. It works. But you? You're loyal to a fault. Your code is about family. And that's great in the holidays, but it makes you predictable. And in our line of work, predictable means vulnerable. And that means I can reach out and break you whenever I want. At least when I go, I'll know what it's for. Well, at least you have a code. Most men don't. Hey everybody, I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Andy McIntyre. And this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we hit like thunder and disappear like smoke. Uh, we also watch malign movies and find their silver linings. And we are continuing a look at the Fast Saga. And if there is one thing that's central to that saga, it's family. And uh, I think many people have realized that uh, your friends are the family you choose. So we're continuing to have friends as guests. And we have one of the just greatest friends that anyone could have, uh, Jess Henkin here with us. So welcome, Aww. Jess. <laughs> Thank you. That was a nice intro. Thanks for having me, Andy and Joel. This is very exciting. Yeah, no, we needed you, one, as Andy said, you're our friend, but also we wanted to catch wolves, so we needed a wolf, you know, <laughs> <laughs> because that that's how it works. If you want to catch a wolf, the only way to do it is with wolves. Mm -hmm. How else? Yeah. yeah. How else would you catch a wolf? Yeah. And I think it's also important to have someone from the the key demographic that this series is marketed towards you know oh yeah this was definitely made for me just like i, I when i walk into an anthropology store i feel <laughs> like i'm at home and i'm being completely uh, pandered to which is absolutely true uh, i felt that same just familiar feeling of like this movie was definitely had me in mind um well yeah, yeah. if if people know one thing about you it's that you live your life a quarter mile at a time so that <laughs> and and secondly, that the most important thing is family. Yeah. Well, that is kind of true, though, because I mean, yeah. yes. you are you do share your family and with a lot of pride. And that is a that is actually a true thing. That is a true. And I love my friends. Um, but I think if the movie saw my car, especially in the state it was when I got into it this morning, which was like covered with like three inches of pollen um, and bird poop. And it's a 2010 Toyota Corolla, I think that it, I think it would not know what to do with me. You know, you bring up a good point, which is who washes all the cars in the Fast and the Furious universe, you know, because a lot of these cars have been in storage. Like they come out like who does someone is there is there a possible spinoff of just the guy whose job it is to make sure these cars are like factory showroom ready yeah. when it's time? Well, I, I get the impression that they spend a lot of time in garages and so and under tarps. So they're probably in like I mean, they're not getting bird pooped on or pollen pollen coated in their 
their sanctuaries. <laughs> I also envision that they have like, yeah, these cars have their own homes in in the universe of Fast and Furious. Yeah. And most of these movies take place in rather exotic tropical locales. So they're not dealing with the salt damage or anything like that. So these, I mean, these cars are, it's pretty easy upkeep. Yeah. But there is a guy that just, yeah. he walks around with a diaper and just gently, <laughs> gently washes the car. <laughs> I want to know his story. I think that's what we're all saying. We want to know who that guy is. Yeah. That would be an excellent spinoff. I mean, the ninth movie is coming, maybe, or it'll be Fast and Furious presents the guy who washes the cars. (laughs) I do think there's potential for, you know, that's something Jake Gyllenhaal. (laughs) That's something that I feel like the John Wick universe has done. Like they, they seem very interested, which is another movie, Jessica, that I know is your demographic. Oh, absolutely. Uh, But uh, the John Wick, they're very interested. They've only made three of them, but like, they're like, let's really talk about how this whole world works like the everyone you encounter is an assassin there's a hotel you know i think there's a lot of potential they've made nine of these now but i think to like really talk about more of the regular support staff that is allowing international uh car heist espionage (laughs) (laughs) like missions Car heist espionage, I think, is an adequate description of yeah. where yeah. this franchise has gone. So I'm curious to know why you chose six. Well, because last week we did five. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> that was a big and, reason. And next week we're going to do seven. So we were thinking, unlike the makers of this franchise, we're, Andy and I are very interested in uh, staying in chronological order. I see. I don't yes. know if you know that, by the way. I don't know your, maybe that's a good place to start. I don't know your base knowledge of the Fast and the Furious movies, but. Um, it was literally zero. Like this okay. is like this a, is the only I, one you've I've seen. Never seen one of these movies okay. before. And I had coworkers who were so sad um, <laughs> the day that Paul, Paul Walker, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. When yeah. he passed away, it was like they were really upset by it. And I was like, I don't understand. Like, why? Well, I don't. I mean, I, I get that it's sad, but I also find it hilarious that he died in like a <laughs> car. Which I know is not funny. <laughs> it is. But. I will say, like, I've had that since you brought it up. I'll back you up in that, like, um, that watching these movies, because I've now watched all of them up till this point uh, in the past month. It is almost like this weird, in hindsight, looking back, it seems like every movie is warning Paul Walker not to drive Absolutely. fast cars. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Like in Top Gun with Goose, where you had all of these like red flags that things were not going to end well. Yeah, yeah. I think literally in this movie, Vin Diesel's like, what if you stopped? What if you didn't do this anymore? <laughs> like, yeah. He had a baby. He had a wife. Like, yeah, he had a beautiful house uh, where they weirdly picnicked in front of it. I was like, why the fuck? <laughs> no one picnics on their front fucking lawn with like a weird pram, like a weird, like, a, yeah, like old timey stroller, I think was in the background. I was like, that's, that's, there's so many problems with this movie, but that's going to be my number one problem. It's like, such yeah. I mean, maybe if my front lawn looked like that, I would eat a picnic lunch there. <laughs> But it was like weirdly small and the grass was, you could, I was just like, this is, 
I really spent a lot of time like poking holes in that picnic scene. Like, I well, just, because it, when the rest of the movie is so flawlessly executed, you're going <laughs> to nitpick just the, tight the small details. You know, you can't the physics of the cars. I mean, that like I think they consulted scientists for those. So, so you yeah, really got to pick heard apart. Neil deGrasse Tyson was working uh, on it. He was a consultant for it, the physics it of it. Kills and, him. It kills Neil deGrasse Tyson. There's nothing to pick apart in these movies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those those people that uh, do the debunk, like Mythbusters. I'm glad the show got canceled before this uh, movie came out because they would have had nothing to bust. Yeah. Well, I will tell you one of the things that was definitely a silver lining for me is that I, you know, when I, when I'm watching a movie, I um, either during if I'm at home. Um, I have to really stop myself from, if I'm at a theater from doing it, or definitely as soon as I'm done. I do this with TV shows. I'm not the only one. There's a whole reason why IMDb like premium exists, or, uh, but I will like dive deep into each character. Like who's that? And like, what did they do? And what was their, Oh, that's, you know, he's from blah, blah, blah. So I really wasn't very familiar with Vin Diesel. Like I knew he was of course, but um, I got like his backstory is very interesting. Like I learned a lot about Vin Diesel. What's your favorite thing that you learned about Vin Diesel? Okay. So I'm, uh, there were three. I'm glad that you asked <laughs> and you, you did not even, this is not like at all uh, planned. So, well, my first thing that I thought was interesting is that he had dated Michelle Rodriguez. Is that her name? Mm -hmm. Yeah. They had dated before that movie. So I was like, that's interesting because they seem to have a little bit of chemistry in that one scene where they were doing that weird homage to Jaws with the scars. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I was like, do they know they're doing like a thing on Jaws? <laughs> like they were, they were. So I'm gonna jump around because there were some things where I was like, do they know that they're doing a thing on vacation when the the Russian blonde girl drove by Vin Diesel and just winked at him when he was like, <laughs> or no, it might have been Paul Walker. It was, it was Paul Walker. Yeah, when he was like upside down, I was like, that felt like a weird like nod to vacation. Like Christy okay. Brinkley in Vacation. Yes, right? yes. Um, and then I felt like there was a nod to Die Hard just with like the plane in general. So I guess that would be Die Hard. Two. The best Two. one. The best one. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. And then uh, and then Raiders. I felt like there was like when, when there was um, – Someone was on the wing of the plane and they got sucked into. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. yeah, anyway, those were all my like things that I, um, Vin Diesel, going back to him. So these are the things that I learned about him that I thought were very interesting. The first is that his mother was an astrologer, which I was like, that must have been a really odd, interesting way to grow up. Um, and that he was like um, a derelict who broke into. Um, I think it was Circle in the Square Theater in New York. I could have that wrong. And um, they were like going to steal shit. And then the director was like, you boys, <laughs> you need to get into the theater. You do not need to take from the theater. So then she like cast him and his like derelict friends. And then they all fell in love with the theater, which I thought was awesome. And then um, he's a, like a huge D&D fan. I knew that. That's the only one of these facts that I knew. Yeah. So like he like yeah. he act so much so that he like introed his like voices used to intro like some or like he wrote the foreword for like the anniversary of I don't know, some Gary guy. He's a, he is a fascinating individual Vin Diesel. Tell me more about him cuz now I'm like I want I want everyone to dish on Vin Diesel with me. So um, one of his first like 
paying gigs was an instructional breakdancing video. <laughs> of course it was. Uh, and that sort of got him in front of the camera. And uh, he got cast in Saving Private Ryan because he wrote Steven Spielberg a letter talking about how much he loved Steven Spielberg, oh. which Spielberg really liked their letter. So he cast him in Saving Private Ryan. Which correct me if I'm wrong, but I actually think that part was created for him. That I don't yeah, actually I think, think there right. was yeah. a part for him, which also I, I say all this, too, because I actually just uh, watched Saving Private Ryan. And it was amusing to me because spoiler alerts for Saving Private Ryan, uh, he dies because he's trying to save a family. So I thought that was very on brand for Vin Diesel <laughs> that like his downfall was family. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, now he's a fascinating individual and that. Other than the Fast franchise, he usually gets cast as these monosyllabic. Well, literally, well, he, he oh, plays he Groot. He's the voice of the Iron Giant. Yeah. Right. Ooh, yeah, he was yeah. the Iron Giant. He also is Groot. Like, he gets paid money to say, I am Groot over and over again in the Marvel movies. <laughs> Do you know, I have not seen Guardians of the Galaxy. A good movie. It is good. I know. Yeah. I hear it's good. I just haven't, like, I have to really want to watch something like that because my go-to is, like, always like bonnet movies or like um as aaron my husband calls them which is very derogatory but or like <laughs> right now i'm obsessed with babylon berlin like that's my that's my jam like, yeah that, that and fast cars and yeah yeah, yeah sure, nice sure. well, that, because that's your life so when you're not living your life a quarter mile at a time and you get home you just yeah. want to relax with something calm that's it's why true. vin diesel plays D D. it's the same thing you need a yeah. nice like a nice pastime. period drama yeah <laughs> uh well i i feel like i don't know if this is too late because you already watched the movie but if it helps We'll try to give the quickest recap to set you. So the first movie is Point Break. So if that helps, uh, Paul Walker is trying to catch them. This is all it all takes place in L.A. And he's trying to infiltrate the car gang that Vin Diesel runs. And then they fall in love with each other. And he lets Vin Diesel go at the end of the first one. Okay. okay. And then the second one is uh, Paul Walker's in it, but they didn't get Vin Diesel for that one. So that's where they introduced Tyrese as replacement Vin Diesel. Wait, why didn't they get... Do you know why they didn't get I Vin think he Diesel? didn't want to come back to these at first. Like, I think they had he to... He didn't like, like the script for the second one. Yeah, they oh. had to woo him. He wasn't in the second one, and he only shows up for a cameo in the third one. So... Um, but yeah, so the second one is just Tyrese and, uh, and Paul Walker and they have their own adventure, which just introduces Tyrese is the big thing and there Ludacris. and Ludacris. Uh, they both get introduced in that one. The third one is Tokyo drift. And that is where we introduce Han, but Han dies in that movie, which is so that's why when they were winking in the camera in this movie and going like, I think it's time for me to go to Tokyo. The fans knew that that meant that he was going to die that, because all these subsequent movies take place after or before before Tokyo Drift. Oh, so, yeah. So Han's introduced in that one. And then um, the fourth one is where Michelle Rodriguez dies. It, and then the fifth one is really this is the turning point of the franchise. That's where we started with the fifth one last week, because that's where they brought everyone together as the ensemble. That's where The Rock came in. And essentially that one was them trying to do like a heist movie. But then they abandon that at the end and they just drive cars with safes uh, attached to them down the street. <laughs> It's really great. They spend, I'm not kidding. They spend the whole movie planning a heist and then go, the heist isn't going to work. We'll just steal these, you know? 
We'll just drive really fast. We'll just drive really fast. So, but that was like where all of these people came together for the first time. And The Rock in a mirroring of the first movie, which is mirroring of Point Break, is the federal agent that's supposed to be hunting them. But then he falls in love with them. And so that's why they're all working together. I see. I see. Okay. All right. That's really helpful. Yeah. And so, and so in this one, so now we've, we've now set up to this movie. So now the, what, so also they successfully pull off the heist and are all like ridiculous millionaires at the end of the movie. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I, I definitely caught that. Right. Mm -hmm. The, the Tyrese jet. I got that. Um, but then like spoiler alert, all they want to do is all move back to the one tiny house where I'm assuming that was Vin Diesel's character's house. Is yes, that from the first movie? Yeah. Okay. And they're all living together. Is that what's happening there? I hope so. I don't think that's <laughs> explicit, but yeah, it is in my canon. I, I will say that. Yeah. So that was, so they've been, that's the other thing. They've been fugitives. That's why the rock was hunting them. So now they, through this movie, they have two goals in this movie. They want to get Michelle Rodriguez back uh, who has amnesia and doesn't oh, remember God, that I she's love that. Like, yeah. just like, do you remember soap? Do you remember yeah. the show soap? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, like a whole, which I guess is probably based on soap operas like that. I just, I was like, God, I can't believe they're using amnesia. That's amazing that they're, we're still doing this like in the uh, new millennium. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. she has amnesia. And so she's working. So th- that was the thing they were going to, if it seemed weird that there was the one guy in prison connected to the, these other people, that's because they had, that's the villain from four. So they needed mm-hmm. somehow to like tie him to these British, this syndicate. So that was why Paul Walker goes undercover in For jail. 24 hours. Yeah. It's 24 hours. Like that. Um, well, he flies, he flies from Spain to LA. First yeah. To go to prison. To go to yeah. prison. And then he, <laughs> he assaults. The guy who's helping him to get put in solitary confinement, which implies that he doesn't have any help on the inside. So I have a lot of questions about how he got out. Um, but uh, he just shows up in the garage again. Yeah. According to Wikipedia, the FBI got him out. But like through. It's never through, mentioned in the movie. I was going to say through editing. Like, yes. how did they get him out? Like just through the magic of editing. He's yeah. a free man. And that's the other he, thing. Oh, so I was just going to say, too, because he gets back while a ticking another ticking clock is happening and he he's able to fly back. Like people were mad at Game of Thrones, but the amount of transporting that happens in this movie across the globe in like hours, seemingly. Well, I think the problem that is with Game of Thrones is that like they had built up like credibility and then they just, like, I mean, really what Game of Thrones should have done. And I just can't believe they didn't do it is why didn't they end? Why didn't they end the whole series with the third to last episode? The one between the White Walkers and oh you mean the thing that it seemed like the whole series was building yes, to yeah like, well, in the pilot? like yeah, that's all they needed to do if they yeah. had ended with that episode yeah they would have it would have been a slam dunk anyway so this i um i i i now i've just lost what i was gonna say i because i got into game of thrones now i'm oh. just like in game of thrones mode and uh oh oh there's no expectations around these franchise so like i think everyone no one should be mad at Fast and Furious. It is what it is. It's like, um, it is like, actually, this is what I was thinking it was. I was like, God, who would have made this? Like, this is like, it, it felt like if, if a CrossFit gym 
like got together, like got people that go to CrossFit in the suburbs. Sorry to be shitty about the suburbs or CrossFit, but like people who are members of CrossFit who got together and were like, let's write a script, right? Let's write a script about like the coolest thing that could happen. Cause everyone's like very buff and fascinating. Like all the women are like real thin, but also like musk. Uh, like, also just ripped. Just, yeah. yeah. Like Gal, Gal Gadot, like you, it's, she's like almost rec- unrecognizable because as Wonder Woman, she was so much more like, you know, healthy, really like muscular and, and built like that. She was just like, yeah, she's very thin in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. They all are. All the women are, especially the one who got canceled, who was on the Mandalorian. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I couldn't recognize, I couldn't believe that was the same person because it was clear that they were working on a caloric deficit. There was no crafts table for Fast and Furious. That's yeah. It was just well, protein powder. Well, <laughs> but that's the nice thing though, because unlike Game of Thrones, you don't have to worry about any Starbucks cups showing up in yeah, the background. So that's right. Yeah, because there wasn't water any. bottles. Yeah, yeah, there was nothing. There was nothing to end up like ex- anything that would have ended up would have been acceptable because it would have been uh, protein powder or yeah. like just five hour energy, and you would have been like, "That makes sense." Like <laughs> that that was a monster. <laughs> the monster energy budget for this franchise had to have been through the roof. Oh yeah, yeah. because it's definitely not cocaine. It could have been cocaine, but I don't think. I think it's just monster energy if this movie was 30 years ago it would have been i think it's it's just monster energy and whey protein (laughs) at this point but that is a pro tip for any like aspiring filmmakers if you just make your cast consume whatever the characters would consume you never have to worry about continuity with uh things showing up in frame like because they they fit absolutely yeah i so so let me ask you this are we supposed to really find the silver linings or can i just can i just can uh, I just so, talk a little bit about the things that were hard oh, to believe? So, yeah, that's that's our fault. We're 20 minutes in and we haven't explained to you the format of the show. And that's <laughs> on us. That's okay. What we do is we talk shit about the movie for we evaluate why it's maligned yeah that's okay. fairly or unfairly yeah okay. so we yeah we we get into why it's maligned and then the the end of the show is the silver lining so you don't okay. have to have any okay. silver linings yet to find the silver lining. yeah yeah, okay. yeah so you're so you're good to you're this, right on target yeah so okay lay it on us but i mean i think my biggest like i was like what the fuck is like basically at the beginning of the movie like he the bad guy kills like close to 300 police people in London, right? Like, cause they're all on that bridge and he like knocks the bridge down, right? There's a, there's a shit ton of law enforcement that gets totally annihilated. And then I guess this is just like my post 9-11 mind, but I was like, and then like the, London's just like regular order after that. There's no like lockdown. Like people are still taking subways. It's no big deal. Like, and then, you know, when we get to Spain, like, bad guy again is like mowing down and there's just no you know pedestrians as they're running out of their cars because they're getting mowed down by the tank there's no police force in spain like isn't there like a european communication around like i was i was very europol or interpol there'd be something okay but guys Interpol is useless. They've been infiltrated by Shaw. The only people who can stop them are the team of Fast and Furious. They're th- so, these five people are. Yeah, how many? Is it five? Yeah. I'm like, I, I get it. Yeah, I get it. But it, um, I do. I just um, I had some Wait, questions about that. I, I Paul, Paul, Paul Walker, question. Vin Diesel, Tyrese, <laughs> Ludacris, Gal Gadot, uh, Han, um. 
Brock. So it's like yeah. seven. Yeah. Okay. And the and well, Gina Carano, you thought. Yeah, but, but she, she was... changed sides. But see, that's yeah. why you can't trust anyone else. You can only trust them because they're a family. They're and family. um Elsa Pataki, who Vin Diesel was with while he thought Letty was dead. Can we? Okay. That's my complaint about this movie is why is she not helping them? Because so, Jessica, she was in the last movie and she was really badass in that movie. And then she's just. She's like, okay. Yeah. I'm very supportive of you going and finding. But so she doesn't mean it. So she's she's like, no, you can just like go and like. You know, take a long walk <laughs> off a short bridge, buddy, because you had this beautiful woman in paradise, mm-hmm. you know, and we didn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then and then you just left her and she was so understanding. But you knew what underneath it all. She was not going to lift a finger to help. They were on their own at that point. Maybe not revenge. Maybe just like, a, okay, I see how you. But that makes sense. Me. So she's like, yeah, she's more upset than she's letting on. Because she would have yeah. been very helpful, I feel like. No, she was a very big asset to The Rock hunting down the, the team in the previous one. Uh, I will say one thing, question I had about the whole tank on the bridge chase. Sometimes they took the care to show people getting out of the cars. Other times <laughs> they didn't. Yeah. And so that means that some people were just getting tanked, <laughs> mm-hmm. just, just, just straight mowed down by this tank. And other times they took very careful effort to show the person get out of the car at the last possible second while the tank runs them over. And that like, so were these just driverless cars that were being <laughs> tested yeah, on, the, on the, the highways of Spain. They were all Google cars and, and <laughs> okay, Teslas. That, yeah. Then that makes more sense. But yeah. Also, can I can I ask the question of why he Shaw sacrificed his own tank? Like, I get that he doesn't care about the tank. He he only wants the thing inside. But I feel like it would have been a lot easier to get to the plane if he stayed in the tank because no one seemed like they were able to stop the tank. So he, it's a tank. Yeah, because so why I just I'm no strategist, you know, but I would think that if you're already in a tank, why not stay in the tank until you get to the airport? He likes to play with fire, though. Yeah, because he wanted to because, again, so this was maybe an homage that you missed, but they clearly liked uh, they liked the Dark Knight franchise. That's a theory that I have. They showed them burning money in the last movie. So they did the whole the the villain wanted to get caught. They they wanted to do that. That move. Which I didn't really get because there was no reason for him to want to get caught. Except I guess so that they would know that he like he had already kidnapped Paul Walker's, you know, like he had already kidnapped all the, the women and he wanted them to know. Like, because why do it if you're not going to, you know, it's right. Like, it's like they follow Chekhov, you know, if you're going to introduce, you know, in the first act. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You got to use I mean, that gun. The, yeah. the influence of Anton Chekhov run rampant throughout this series. Uh you know, there you can you can see the Uncle Vanya references. You can see it like it's uh, it's there. I mean, Seagal. I mean, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. I mean, yeah. this might as well have been like like Clueless is to Emma. Fast and Furious 6 is to Seagull. I mean, did he do a doll's house as well? No, that's Ibsen. Oh, that's right. OK, well, I saw a doll's house in there. So, oh, uh, no, that, I mean, the, the <laughs> well, they, they studied, the yeah, I mean, they obviously studied the canon like they're, you know, they're going to go through classic literature. So the director, the director, um, I when I went Justin into, Lin. Yes. So yeah. he did the second season uh, or the first three or two episodes of the second season of True Detective, which I also was like, man, 
you fucked that up too. Like, I don't know if you're <laughs> responsible for it. Cause I loved the first season. I, I will say in Justin Lin's defense, he also directed some episodes of community and in, including one of the uh, paintball episodes. So, so that, so that's, that works okay. in his favor. All right. In, well, in my and, book, uh, the reboot is star Trek three, which is the most fun of the star. Trek yeah. yeah. Reboots. Well, he just, yeah, whatever he missed the, but he on. also really dropped the ball with season two. Of oh my God. It was like, I, yeah. Anyway. Um, I also, I, I was very upset by the fact that there was really minimal ludicrous. I feel like we needed a lot more. Ludicrous. Yes, like agreed. Yeah. Um, and I, I was like, I, I was watching it with my husband I can't remember at what point uh, it was before I realized that no one died in the fast in the furious movies from a car accident, at least not in this movie, because it was both Tyrese and Ludacris's characters were the first two to get like their um, like their cars were totally annihilated by the bad guy. And I was like, oh, my God, like he he killed the first two people and they're the the only black members of the crew like that's super fucked up and Aaron was like they're not dead. yeah <laughs> I was like that accident was insane there's no way and yeah then they just show up completely unscathed standing like no muscle aches nothing I will garage. for you like I, I I don't think that you're going to go back and watch all of Fast Five but I do recommend if you're a fan we said this last week but if you're a fan of the two of them and their dynamic their scene when they get their millions of dollars is the best part of that movie because they just try to one up each other and they their rivalry like there's a really great closing montage of what everyone does with their money and their scene is the best Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I would be willing only for them because, um, yeah. Oh, so, so ludicrous. If when I was researching it, like he was a mechanic, right? That was his deal. He's yes. good with technology though. Also apparently well, starting. Well, yeah, because yeah. he was jamming all like he went yeah. and then jammed all of the like, yeah, the, in Too Fast, Too Furious, he seems to have like a, a baseline knowledge of it. But in the between that, because he, he didn't show up until five again. So it, it seems like in the the years in between those movies, he really went to MIT, maybe. I don't know. Like, yeah, he, he learned like some he, quality white hat hacking. Yeah, um, he, he really leveled up he his up, skills. He picked up some electrical engineering tech. <laughs> no, because, yeah, in, in Too Fast, Too Furious, he's a very competent, um, if not one of the best mechanics in Miami. Which, sure. Um, <laughs> but only in Miami, Andy? Well, it took place in Miami. Okay. So, but I mean, who, we didn't get to see him go to any mechanic competitions. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's the spin that's, that's the That's the spin up. It's yeah. ludicrous doing mechanic competitions mm -hmm. around the world and just like hustling people at mechanics competitions. But I will agree, he's he's very underused in this movie. He was yeah. yeah, he was given more to do in previous movies, including driving around while listening to the music of Ludacris in Too Fast, Too Furious, which is very enjoyable. Oh, it did play the soundtrack to a few party scenes in previous movies. Yes. Yeah, so apparently the music of Ludacris exists in in the world of the movie, you know. So I don't know. You almost want someone to be like, has anyone ever told you you look like Ludacris? <laughs> But again, nah. they hold themselves to a higher standard than the Oceans movies. So they're not going to pull that cheap trick of like, oh, she looks like Julia Roberts. They're better than that. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. The other thing I found, well, I was like, whoa, there's a lot of like, people are like deeply into the Christianity thing in this, like in the Fast and Furious world. Like they're the, the cross and the prayers and the... Um, 
the chasteness of all of the like there's sexual tension, but people are just going to stand close to each other to show it, you know, it's, I guess, except at the beginning where Vin Diesel and, and the, the woman that he left to find Letty, uh, they were, they were unclosed and in bed, but you didn't see anything like right. other than just like, and like legs and arms akimbo kind of thing yeah there's never yeah in none of the movies are there any sort of like yeah actual like because in the first movie you see that um paul walker's character like he he starts dating mia in the first movie like but you it's very much it like they kiss and then it cuts to the next morning so that's pretty standard for these like they're not you know yeah but you can't find a party without a bunch of bikini clad women standing around cars in whatever city you go to. Oh if my you, God, if you know the car culture. <laughs> so, so like, yep, this is, this movie had me in mind for sure. Cause yeah. what I love to do when I'm in London. In the center of foggy, <laughs> dreary, gray ass London. You've got a bunch of bikini clad women hanging around souped up import cars. First off, there's like no room for most of that stuff to happen. None. London is like very cramped and crowded and like, yeah, there was much too much like square footage to, to believe would be attributed to a car, an indoor car fiesta kind of thing. I guess it was a rave. Sure. Kind of a rave. It was something. And then, you know, you can race the streets of London, which are notoriously <laughs> wide and easy yeah. to travel at high speeds. <laughs> Yeah, there were no bobbies around. Not not one. Yeah. No, none of the uh, <laughs> Metropolitan Police Service. No one's concerned about the 400,000 military Interpol. Were they, what were they that were mowed down at the beginning? Doesn't matter. Well, but that's why that's why there's no one to respond to the street races. They all died in that opening scene, so there's no that's one why left. They had the car fiesta race. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they were like, now's the time. You know, more everyone. flawless logic from the fast friends. Yeah, see, you guys can try to Neil deGrasse Tyson this all you want, but like they they have an answer for all of it. That's all there. Yeah. Well. <clears throat> Yeah, and it was definitely um, the Rock's rapport with um, the canceled Mandalorian. Um, that <laughs> weird, where he was like, "Woman, you know, you got a nice ass and a good brain, or something like that." Like he had a line to that effect, which was really weird. Like, because I think of the Rock as being very gentlemanly, and like, well, he is, I, but unfortunately, uh, Hobbs is not. He's yeah. a bit of a misogynist. Yeah. Is he? That's his thing? I'm yeah. surprised that, that The Rock would have taken such a role. I really am. I mean, I think his, I think he may have realized that he'd went a step too far because I think it dials back in future movies. Yeah, well, I think in the... <laughs> More if, of The Rock that we all know and love. Yeah, I think he finally maybe got a producer credit for the next one because in the next one, he has a daughter. So I think The Rock maybe <laughs> gave some notes and like really wanted to be like, let's... Let's fix this. Um, but yeah, no, he's he's not great in this one. Um, you, do you know, like, so you, I don't know if you know of any of the beef, but you know that it's very contentious that The Rock came into these movies. He and Vin Diesel apparently don't like each other. What? Why? They're the same person. Why would that, they that's not why. like each other? That's why, because Vin Diesel exactly why. was like, I'm the alpha here. This is my franchise. And then The Rock showed up and people really liked him. And so... Um, yeah, because he's very affable. Yeah, and so they he and... Um, uh, like he ended up getting a spinoff with Jason Statham 
the Hobbes and Shaw for a subsequent. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which is set in the same universe, but largely unrelated. Because I don't think the rocks in the ninth one that's forthcoming. Yeah. So they finally they've now split off successfully into their own. They really don't like each other. Yeah. Right. No. It was very like Vin Diesel felt very much like this guy. We didn't need him, like we, because he's all about family, and he had his family on the set, and he felt like the rock came in. Also, the, the, I don't know that this is whether he does like if this contributes to it, but also just fun to realize when you watch these, he's like a foot shorter than The Rock. So um, they are pretty much it is all trick photography when they're I when see. they're eye to eye. Yeah, The Rock is 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 a is a legit good six inches taller than Vin Diesel. Well, he's a Samoan Thor, right? Isn't that right. what Ludacris has as his the name for him on the uh, when he calls? On the phone. And yeah. Apt. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, The Rock is a walking comic book character, unlike anyone that's ever existed. And you can see even between five and six, he's now this is The Rock as he is now, which is not human anymore, where he it looks like his arms really can't sit down by his side. Like he looks uncomfortably swole at this point. Yeah. So and so does the henchman for um, the bad guy who I guess is supposed to match him. Um, is he Scottish or he doesn't talk. So, or if he did, I don't remember what he said, but, um, he, they both looked like they were like, yeah, like the steroids had gone awry and, um, and that this wasn't, it was no longer good for the body to do this. Like the body was rebelling against it essentially. Um, yeah. So that's again, why I felt like it was essentially written and cast by someone who lives in the suburbs and is in the uh, CrossFit uh, universe because it felt very much like that. There was a traveling CrossFit gym right off camera in every scene so they could get a quick <laughs> pump before they got on camera and just flip a couple of tires, swing a hammer or two. Which a lot of people don't know, that's what Andy demands uh, for this set. Yeah. yeah, for when we record the show. Andy's gotten very into fitness in the last year. And so oh, I did notice that. That's imp- yeah. very impressive. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So he's he said he won't stop until he's the equal of The Rock. So <laughs> Steroids are expensive, y'all. Yeah. So, wanna... so kick in uh, if you want to send us some money. For it to you want to hit up our, our GoFundMe. <laughs> For uh, to so get in, it's to my get Andro Andy. habit. Yeah. <laughs> to get Andy swole, go fund me. Andros for Andy, go fund me. Yeah. So I want to know: Does Michelle Rodriguez does she smile at all once? No, that, no, that's not her thing. Well, she she's forgot. But also, she, I think she was happier in the previous. She can't remember her past, so that's why she's she's not happy in this movie. Mm-hmm. But they did have a true love, do you think? Oh, they, for the ages, I think, you know, their love is time. Like, you watched that first movie, and I remember thinking this, and it was weird at the time. I was like, it would take her almost dying and getting amnesia to ever stop loving this man, (laughs) and vice versa. And so, you know. uh, Yeah, it's actually, it's very tragic, by the way. I left this part out, but they they had to split up because he was one, because they point-breaked at the end of the first movie. So, he was on the run. So, they were actually separated. Yeah. Right. Oh. And when, she got amnesia because she was going undercover to help out Paul Walker. Uh, that's why he was guilty. Um, right. Which weirdly, Vin Diesel was not interested. That's for you. I don't need to know that. <laughs> that's for you. Yeah. This is about family. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, so I found it interesting that Vin Diesel at the very beginning was giving advice on on how 
much Paul Walker's life would change as me as, you know, delivering the baby. Um, and I was like, but I don't think he doesn't have kids, right? And as a character in this. So like, that's kind of like a load of shit coming from him. He doesn't know what the fuck he's talking well, about. But he's all about family. So he, he right. knows how so family. He's something work. of a sage when it comes to this. He understands yeah. all aspects of family, <laughs> parent-child dynamics, sibling dynamics, yeah. distant relative dynamics. He actually knows what like first cousin once removed means. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how much he understands family. The family specialist. Yeah, he, yeah, he's from genealogy to family psychology, all of it in between. Dom Toretto is your man. <laughs> that's a movie, Dom Toretto, Family Psychologist. I'd watch that. I think that's that's what Vin Diesel was making for Disney before he found this franchise. I think was <laughs> various versions of that. Yeah, maybe that's why he and The Rock don't like each other too, because they both were competing for a lot of like the pacifier and uh, the you various know, like, like Mister Nanny esque roles. Yeah, and they, now there's a third guy who's God, I can't. Remember. He's on the 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 new Netflix thing with Tig Notaro, where I'm like, you're oh you're, Batista, Dave Batista, yeah, for a long time, <laughs> like. <laughs> He, the, he had a, a a long professional wrestling I career. Just, also, you should watch that Guardians of the Galaxy movie because he's in oh, okay. he's yeah, in yeah, that. Yeah. Too. yeah, yeah. So I just I love. I'm like, you, I, I wonder how much they realize I don't know anything about this yeah. universe. Because and it's yeah. what's so funny is that you know not to continue to play to gender norms or or to be very demure about that, but like my husband loves uh, wrestling um, and he loves yeah. these kinds of movies. And it is like. Hilarious that Aaron would have been a great guest for oh this my episode. God, he would have been, yeah. but he would have been such a value. Unfortunately, you. we didn't think he had like the the microphone. We didn't think he had the mic presence. <laughs> yeah, we didn't really didn't think that, that he, he could comfortable yeah. in front of a microphone talking yeah. about things. Yeah, we know he's very shy. He doesn't really like that kind of stuff, like broadcasting. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know. It, I mean, eventually he'll find his voice. But I hope he, so. I mean, you know, like, because that guy has a great voice. So if he could yeah. only get the confidence, you the know. dulcet tones of Aaron Hankin. <laughs> yes. WYPR 88.1. I, I will say one, this is not a silver lining for the movie, but just for life was the one time I heard your daughter imitate your husband's radio voice. <laughs> it's one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> It's it's sad how like little respect he gets in the household. <laughs> like by our kids. That's why yeah, that's what actually um Vin Diesel's advice should be. Like you know, be oh, prepared yeah. to yeah. be con- humiliated day after day. You think just because you have this voice you're gonna <laughs> command respect from your family, but you won't. You gotta talk like this, have a little bit of a rasp, and just talk about family and togetherness and doing anything that's possible for your family. But your family's a pack of wolves. They're not gonna respect you. And if you want to lead the pack, you gotta be an alpha. That's the head of the family. Or else you gotta hunt the wolves with your family. All right, well... uh, The movie ends with, with, so The Rock, who's Vin Diesel's nemesis, goes off with the with Vin Diesel's former lady, right? Like to, yes. to fight crime. I think they work, crime. yeah, because they work together in five. So I think, okay. I yeah. think she's done being angry about their their situation. Yeah, they um, shared a lingering gaze for sure. I was like, it is, you know, until you pointed it out, I didn't realize how soap opera Vin Diesel's life is in this movie. That he both has 
It, he's dealing with a, an amnesia plot and a, I thought the love of my life was dead, but, and so I started dating someone else and then now she's back plot. So he has yeah. both of those simultaneously. Yeah. Yeah. And I got the impression that the villain was kind of, was in love with him. Oh, you thought Shaw was in love with him? I felt like there was something there. Yeah. Well, I okay. So maybe does anyone have anything else they want to malign? Because I do think we should pivot to the oh, silver yes. linings. Yeah. And I maybe this is a good point because, and I you're gonna have to take my word on this because you haven't seen the other ones. But I actually think this is the best written screenplay for <laughs> the Fast and the Furious <laughs> franchise for exactly the reason that I think you were starting to hint at, which is they like. The idea of someone sat down and went, okay, let's just, what is Vin Diesel? Like, what is Dom Toretto? What is his character? He's about family. He's about his team. What is an obstacle for him? How about a guy with a team, but he just treats them as nothing? Like, they're just, you know, like, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. Just tools, blunt instruments. Yeah. I'm sincere when I say it is brilliant on their part for like, because they've never gotten there in any of these previous movies to be like... No. What if what if Dom Toretto went up against the anti Dom Toretto? And what if Letty, the love of his life, was part of that team and she couldn't remember him? So she was emotionally. I mean, there there's a theme like there's a deeper, resonant, emotional theme. He wants something to get Letty back, but also the genre is now existing to prevent that from happening. This is like complete joseph campbell hero's journey like he's gotta leave his comfort zone with his new girlfriend cross a threshold go on a road of trials to to confront rocks. What, yeah rocks being thrown at him yeah over which and over and, over and, yeah literally in the in the face of dwayne the rock johnson yeah and then like <laughs> battle his shadow self to reclaim the love of letty like it's it's there i'm telling you like it this is like take a screenwriting class. The, this is they they did it. They they really like they found they the had, elements. I mean, yeah, and it's amazing they did it with such a small budget, like the, an yeah. indie film like this. Well, and I mean, what, what you have to respect too about Universal is that they let them learn on the job. So they were given five movies to get to here. <laughs> so. <laughs> You know, you hear about the big studios not giving the little guys a chance to grow and learn, but yeah. I mean, the Fast franchise is. Uh, case in point that it does happen. Yeah. So, but I mean that like sincerely, I think like it's the smartest thing they ever did was like come up with this villain that is the opposite of him. So, and I, so I enjoyed to like, I I thought there was a lot of funny moments uh, where the characters could make light of themselves. I enjoyed the ludicrous Tyrese dynamic for sure. I enjoyed their big fight with the um, doppelganger of Han in the airport. Oh, when he says, don't tell anybody about this. Yeah. Yes. Where there's no cops anywhere, except for maybe three. Um, Sorry, we're we're going back to, we're doing Silver Life. Um, (laughs) This um, happens all the time. It's okay. (laughs) But it was clear to me, I was like, oh, they're not good at fighting. No, like, well, they're good at driving. They don't right. they don't have a lot of fighting experience. Yes. Yeah. Except and Paul Walker, apparently, that's never like he's way better at fighting in this movie than I remember him ever being. But like he was always a halfway decent fighter. But, but he fights like, three guys that are trying three to guys, two of whom have shivs. Yeah. Like, he's you yeah. know why? You know why he was so good at it? Because hmm. he knew it was gonna be his last time. Oh god. <laughs> that's why. Oh wow. 
he had something to live for. He had baby Jack. And baby was, Jack and no, but then and him. it was his exit. Yeah, it was his moment. He owned it. He did. He did a great job. Yeah. Um, yeah so, um, all right. What, what else? I mean, I will say like, I mean, we're kind of, I think it's this cast does have chemistry with each other. And that is, yes. I think, undeniable um, that with a different cast, even with the same script and the same directors, you have a much harder time letting the impossible stuff go. But because everybody's clearly having a lot of fun with each other, you're like, cool. He jumped out of a car to catch Letty and broke his fall with another car. Sure. Like that doesn't bot. Like it's like, yeah, that why not? Um, yeah, that was a very romantic like, scene. I enjoyed um, the Han, Gal, Gal Gadot, like their nerdy romance. I, it was clear. I, I think I said that last week. I love them. I really do. Like, I think they're both great. I love both actors. I think they have really good chemistry together. I Him eating the chips all throughout the movie. Like, I just, <laughs> I'm a fan of both of them in these movies. Yeah. yeah. Like, they're great. I think that he was so charismatic and good that they, that's why they messed up their timeline. Because they didn't want to get rid of him too soon. Um, so, did, when, do you think she knew? She didn't know that she had Wonder Woman when she was making this, right? No. I think no, no. But yeah, it seems like she this wanted out though. Wonder Woman was like 2018, but it definitely seems like she was done. <laughs> like it doesn't yes. seem like she wanted to come back. No, she was not yeah. sad to shoot that gun to save him. Like that was a very romantic too. And I and I also loved like how like uh, feminist it was uh, that she saved him. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. No, that scene, I mean, like that had strong Die Hard 2 vibes with like the in, at night fighting on the plane, all of that. Someone just falling into the night like that. There was a lot of there was a lot of that. And, you know, it was, it was a good, good action sequence and it was a good yeah. emotional end. And it, it sort of also, oddly enough very well dovetails with Han's devil may care attitude in Tokyo drift. Yeah. It's kind of interesting that, yeah, it like they did a beautiful thing that now, if you go back and watch Tokyo drift, like he doesn't seem to care about anything, but now you have that value of realizing it's because he lost the love of his life. And so that's why he doesn't have anything anymore. So that, and was, and also maybe because he wasn't invited to live in that tiny house in LA at the end was he well, there? He, he had to go back to tokyo, tokyo. he, he yeah. did tokyo has been calling him for quite a, that's where he and gal Gadot were gonna go that's like he's sure yeah, yeah. but I'm, I'm also saying it didn't seem like he had a room in that house i think that's they would have. I, I think there's always a room in vin <laughs> diesel's house there are many rooms and <laughs> not, not house <laughs> and, and every room is a place for finn yeah and like there's man the time that uh he only had three ribs and uh one can of energy drink and he was able to feed everyone <laughs> It's uh, really quite beautiful. Uh, I love the tank. I'm going to. I, I like it's great. It's, I like that there's a tank. Bananas and absurd. Yeah. And fun. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The, the I don't know why it took them six movies to put a tank in one of these, but I think that was a good movie. We and already. Yeah. It's way faster than any tank that's ever existed. <laughs> well, they I mean, those cars that they had at the beginning, they know how to modify a tank to, to they can modify a car. Tuner. Yeah, yeah. Tuner tank. Uh, okay. I, I enjoyed that the runway for that plane was like 
75 miles long. Oh, it was, yeah, yeah we're past the maligning portion, but that was the, well, you said you liked it, but yeah, that was, <laughs> no, I, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed yeah, yeah, that. I enjoyed that. That, that was been... the longest run <laughs> runway ever. Like, that was yeah. like Looney Tunes levels of, I, like, <laughs> um, in the Wikipedia plot description summary of this movie, uh, it actually makes a note of the, <laughs> they try to prevent the plane from taking off on the world's longest runway. <laughs> they do mention that. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, they do. Um, and the IMDb trivia to go to our favorite website, IMDb, mm-hmm. says that if you take how long the scene is and figure out like how fast they're roughly driving, it was an 18 mile runway. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, since we're talking about that scene, I will say, and since you brought up earlier about, uh, Gina Carano and her problematic views, I thought that it aged well for the film that she dies by Michelle Rodriguez saying wrong team team. and then punching her out of the plane. I thought that that worked for me. I thought like that was, that was a nice win, you know, for, it was art imitating life. Imitating yeah. art. Yeah. And uh, as we, I mean, you know, this is Pride Month, so I'm really glad that we were able to spotlight that scene. Like And Michelle Rodriguez as an LGBTQ member of society. It's a it's a great moment. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that about her. Um I really enjoyed the uh the the laconic Russian gal. And what it, you yeah. know, I thought she was interesting. Like would have liked to have seen more. She had like a Daenerys Targaryen thing kind of going on just to bring it back to Game of Thrones. <laughs> she did have a fair amount of mystery and she was, yeah, at least she was sort of the, the Gal Gadot analog kind of, I guess, from that oh, team. Oh, is that who she was supposed to? Okay. I do think they oh. could have done more with the Bizarro. Like, I think yeah. they really, because it's like Ludacris has the one scene where he's saying that they're they're mirror versions of them but i really i think they could have leaned into that more like and comedically so i think you know like a scene where tyrese is really offended by whichever guy they say is his doppelganger yeah. the you know would have been hilarious and just know. have it be tyson beckford oh my god that would have been great <laughs> yeah and like have busta rhymes be Ludacris's counterpart oh, just yeah, go all in yeah yeah oh just man all in sarah silverman would have been uh gal Gadot's. <laughs> I was thinking, but again, it doesn't work with the timeline because I was like, she's Wonder Woman. If you could have gotten like Scarlett Johansson or Brie Larson to be oh, right. <laughs> from Marvel, that would have been great. Yeah. More yeah. Brie yeah. Larson, I feel like for Wonder Woman. But so there's always the possibility that they do another mirror thing in the 10th or 11th or 12th movie in this franchise where they can really dial it in. What's the longest, like, what franchise has um, spawned the most movies? Probably James Bond or Godzilla. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So this has a way to go before it gets there. And this is coming up on nine. So, it's- But it's also, I mean, it might have it in that, like, both James Bond and Godzilla, you could argue, rebooted those franchises with different actors. Like, right. these are all the same character, the same actors playing the same characters in continuity. Uh, although, I, I don't know, I guess Marvel... If Marvel counts, they've made like 23 of those. So yeah. Marvel movies. Yeah. I definitely can see Vin Diesel just, he's going to wait the rock out. The rock's going to get tired of this. This well, is like 
the rope a dope for well the rock doesn't need this franchise i mean no. vin you could argue vin diesel doesn't either but i think he needs it more the rock has a lot of <laughs> projects that he's working on <laughs> including maybe running for president so i yeah he's he's very busy these days oh, he's got some i mean this is not a silver lining he's got some problematic uh, oh i don't friends. Vince McMahon. <laughs> so. uh, okay. oh, cool. And then the, um, gosh, uh, I can't remember what the family is. Anyway, we don't need to get into them, but um, yeah. Problematic people associated with the world of professional wrestling. The hell you say? Yeah. No, but it's like a super conservative family. Um, it, not, it, not the Sacklers. I, I'm not sure, yeah. but I will say if you look into Dave Batista, the the new guy that you think is competing for his work, that uh, he's great. He's he's yeah, uh, he is great. His views and uh, you know everything are really wonderful. So if that, well, then he should run. He should, he, which is why he won't. Uh, yeah. That was. <laughs> Uh, I forget who said that. I remember someone saying that anyone who, uh, you know, like should be pre like, like wanting to be wanting president to be president should, be should disqualify yes. for being president. <laughs> yes. So um, we would have only had George Washington and Dwight Eisenhower. Did Obama really want it? That's yeah. Cool. I mean, yeah, he, he, he wrote that book. I feel like that was. Yeah. And he gave the speech. Yeah. The I fact think that he ran for president before his first term as a senator was up. It was all part of the plan. God, it's ballsy. It's still fucking amazing that it worked. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, I, I will, I will sing his praises, but I mean, you can't be anything but an egotist to want to be president of the United States. Yeah, like just, just as a point of fact. Yeah, I think that's a a, a common trait through everybody except for maybe Jimmy Carter. Oh yeah, he just wanted to. Be a, a tiny man dwarfed by Joe Biden in his little house. <laughs> <laughs> On his peanut farm. Yeah. Yeah. Did he get that back? I, I got to be honest. Andy, you're the history teacher. Did he ever get another peanut farm? I know that he famously sold it, but. Well, he he, he basically put it in like sort of an escrow. So I think he okay. could retain it once he left office. Okay. That's good. It's good to know. <laughs> All um, right. Well, I think if anybody, I don't know if anyone has anything else, but I feel like we did it. I, feel I like think we did it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, was, you know, it was fun. I really appreciate it. You know, the other silver lining is you gave me a nice little date night with my husband where oh, well, that's nice. movie that he, he really enjoyed. That's good. Of. Yeah. I, it's a shame we can't have him on the show. I just, yeah. <laughs> if he only he could bear to talk into a microphone. Yeah. He would be so psyched if you guys asked him. Absolutely. Cause it would give him an excuse to watch the next one. So <laughs> Good All right. to know. Well, um, is there are there things that you would like uh, to plug? That oh, you would that's like so to sweet. Yeah, uh, we have our first in-person show coming up for the Stoop Storytelling series, which is the series I produce with my friend and have done so for fifteen years. Wow! Um, yeah, it's crazy. So, um, first in-person show since the pandemic. It's um, at the Ivy Bookshop in the gardens, beautiful gardens there, um, on June fifth. Except we're already sold out. So, um, it's okay. I think this episode yeah, goes that, up on the that's already 15th, happened by so. the time. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was great. So the it second was one is probably coming up soon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we have a podcast. We have Stoop Storytelling Series podcast. I really recommend that. My husband has Out of the Blocks, which is a podcast out of Jeffy YPR. I recommend that. I think that's it. All yeah, right, those are my plugs. 
Well, yeah, great. no, thank you so much for doing this. And yeah, the stoop is a great show. So that's, yes, yeah, it is. Are... It is super fun. And it's a, it's a, it's, yeah, it's, it's so fun. Just a great way to like get to know the neighborhood and the, the world you live in. It's, it's a check out the podcast. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Joel. Yeah, no, thank you for doing this. I'm glad that we got you to watch a Fast and Furious movie. That does yeah, make me really happy. Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the check is in the mail. <laughs> Was there anything, did we cover everything you learned about Vin Diesel? Is there anything else, like one last final fact you'd like to leave us with about Vin Diesel, either personal or learned? No, but I'm going to find out more. Okay. That's what I'm going to do. You can check back when you do. Yeah. Silver Linings Playback is a production of HoboTrashCan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. We have to ask. It's a podcast where we answer the question, are you going to eat that? What will you leave behind? Why get out of bed? Will you be our neighbor? I'm Marty. And I'm Jonathan. We're two hosts. Infinite Universes. We We have have to to ask. ask. New interviews every Tuesday. Find us on iTunes or online at wehavetoask.com or with the other great podcasts on the Peak Sloth Network at peaksloth.com. Peaksloth.com.